Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist, and now a health coach based in Arkansas, who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the queen of Arkansas media. I started this podcast in 2020 to help you live a better life, and I'm doing it every episode. Today, we're overcoming your weight loss hurdles with the wisdom of Beth Anundi. She lost 35 pounds rather easily and is a huge proponent of intermittent fasting. You'll get to meet her right after this. It's important you know where your food is sourced from. I know with certainty that Ralston Family Farms And what they do on their farms, it's regenerative farming, ding, ding, ding. It's a non-GMO product, ding, ding, ding. Also, the fact that 10 generations of farming right here in Arkansas, using the water from the Arkansas River. Okay, all the things that are important to us as consumers, that should be important to you too. But the other thing is, as a bonus, they have a great website. That's where I get so many of my recipes for inspiration or not just inspiration, I steal them from them. And the one that I'm going to embark on soon is the spring rice bowl that has the peanut sauce on it. I love the peanut sauce with the peanut butter and the rice wine vinegar. And instead of soy sauce, I use coconut aminos because of what soy does to your thyroid. And that's a whole nother conversation. But my point is you can find so many things on the very website that can sell you the rice that has all those attributes. Uh, The farmers that uh, are are doing this, it's the Ralston family, and they are here to serve you and sell you the best products. They do that. You can find it in maybe Kroger or Walmart or wherever you shop. And if you can't, you talk to your manager about it, or you can order it online. It's RalstonFamilyFarms.com. She won most talkative in high school, and she has been running her mouth ever since. Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast with your host, Lisa Fisher. Okay, I'm looking uh, at the clock. We're recording this, 2.30 your time, 4.30 my time. Beth, as an intermittent faster, have you opened your feasting window yet? I have not opened yet. I am looking forward to it, though. Isn't that the funnest part of your day? Of knowing that you're going to get to eat something delicious really soon. What have you mapped out for today? For today, well, almost every day, it's steak. Yeah, right. Word. Which uh, is my favorite right yeah. now. Yeah. It's usually steak, some kind of vegetable, maybe two. I've heard you're, you've gone carnivore. Yeah, though, pretty so. much. Steak all the time. Yeah, it's pretty fun to be steak all the time. But we usually have two vegetables and then we will have some kind of dessert and depends on what it is. But I love these little popsicles that are actually um, all fruit. Oh, good. So you're reminding everybody that in an intermittent fasting lifestyle, you get to eat delicious foods that you desire at the time of day that you choose. It is all about choice with intermittent fasting. It's brought about so much freedom for me. Yeah, freedom is definitely the word I think of about fasting. When did you start? And if you tell, what was your weight then? Or how much have you lost since then? So I started in the middle of 2020 when there was no social activity. So it was great for me. Yeah. Um, And I was actually looking for a way to trim down my migraines or get rid of migraines. Mm -hmm. That was it. And it was the middle of July. And... I kept coming up with fasting and I thought, Lisa, I thought that cannot help with migraines. There's no way (laughs) that seems ridiculous because I'm the kind of person that gets a migraine if I don't eat. But I, 
it kept coming back and I kept praying, oh my gosh, this cannot be the answer. And I realized, why not just try it? Because if it's the answer, awesome. And if it's not, no harm, no foul. I still have the migraines. Did you? I don't Google, have them anymore. Were you Googling how to get rid of headaches and it recommended fasting? How did you make that connection so early? That is a really great question. And I don't have the answer. I wish I did because I was just praying about it. And I just kept Googling and I honestly don't don't recall what I was Googling or if it was a question about how to get rid of migraines. It definitely wasn't about weight loss. It was all about migraines. So I made, I made an assumption um, that I probably said something about how to get rid of migraines. <laughs> mm-hmm. And of course, these things remind us too, Jen Stevens so famously coined the phrase that fasting is a health plan with a side effect of weight loss. And you, I guess, have seen the side effect of that weight loss, I would assume, because you're slim and trim. You may have been slim and trim then. Well, actually, I had gained quite a bit of weight over the course of the years, and I was at my top weight, which was right around, well, I stopped weighing myself at 158.6, and I'm only 5'2", and a little bit of hope, so just give perspective. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've lost about 35 pounds over the course of one year, actually one year to the day I had lost about 35 pounds. Then how did you, did you rip the bandaid off or did you slowly walk into a, you know, long feasting and shorter fasting plan? Well, I figured it wasn't going to work. So I just, I know, I just just ripped the bandaid right off and I went right with, right into 20 hours because I realized, Hey, wait, it's like eight o'clock. I haven't eaten since six. I'm going to start today on July 18th. And um, the next day I didn't eat until whatever 20 hours was and ripped that bandaid right off. And then I, I tried to sabotage myself, which was super fun. I ate every bad thing you can possibly think of in those four hours. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did too, because I was told you could eat what you want. Right. That's I misinterpreted that, yes. No, but you did, and it still, you saw success, but I think what it showed you, it showed me was, those things were really crappy for me, and I felt better eating steak or something that God made, not that was made, you know, at the donut factory, you know, whatever. That happened very quickly for me. I recognized that I really can't eat whatever I want in those four hours, so... I decided to mellow out a little bit and not go to Chick-fil-A every day and (laughs) ended up going right into the steak and veggies, et cetera. That was good. Um, That was real good. Probably within the first three weeks. So I'd like to take this moment to tell people that you are not a part of the CIA or FBI, that that beeping behind you, that must be sometimes, I know you work in uh, a, a business that buys and sells things. So that's probably some type of scanner. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, my I actually work in the same office with my husband, and he is actually over there scanning away and doesn't realize that. Which is fine because you could have a plug for your business. You you have uh, like I have somebody here in Little Rock, but you have beautiful luxury handbags that you sell um, at really good prices. Isn't that your party one of your businesses? Yes. So we just opened uh, actually in the middle of downtown Portland called the Luxury Exchange, and we do high end. Handbags, uh, Rolexes, very high-end jewelry, estate jewelry, and uh, that just opened actually two days ago. Oh, and then we my. have, yeah, and then we have locations all up and down the Willamette Valley as well. And 
I'm sitting in our, what we call our flagship, which well, is in Salem. We can even take this time. He can bring a bag over to you can show. Of course, by the time we air this, it'll probably have been sold because people know <laughs> if you can get your hands on a well-priced Louis, Chanel, Fendi, Hermes, whatever you sell. Uh, but you definitely can pimp your products during this podcast since I'm taking up your time. Oh my gosh. I love that. I don't have any with me because okay. Adam can go down and probably grab a bag or two. But it is definitely one of the favorite things I do in my life is pimping handbags. <laughs> I know. Isn't that fun? Okay. So you started at 158 and some change or something like that. And then... Yep. You lost 35 pounds, as we've established on my podcast. Uh, journalists don't do math, but that puts you someplace in the 120s. Yes. So, yeah, 123 was my goal weight, and I've just stuck there. So without was, any effort. Okay. Was that the weight you were before you had babies or got married or was in college? Like, where did you get that number? That's a really good question, too, because I always wondered how I came up with that. And I realized recently how exactly that number was stuck in my head. When I was a kid, I grew up, my mom always had that perfect plate of food. We always had the meat, veggies, veggies, carbs. And I was not a fat kid. I was a normal average sized kid um, all the way into college. And up until I had kids, I was between 109 and 114. But after I had kids, I really started to gain weight and was consistently in the one high 130s. And so I think what happened, I think the reason I chose 123 as my goal weight was because I really knew that during the course of that 25 years that I'd been over, I considered myself overweight, um, I had not been able to get down into the 120s any of that time. It didn't matter if I did keto, if I worked out like a crazy lady doing cardio, or if I worked out doing any, um, any kind of high intensity workouts, I could only get to about 128. And then I dropped down to 124 and pop right back up into the 130s. So I think the reason I chose 123 was because I knew that I had gotten to 124 working really, 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 really hard. So why not make it 123 just below isn't where that, I thought I would hit. Yeah. <laughs> That's really encouraging. You know, you hesitated when you were trying to say that in the upper 150s, you dipped your toe into trying to not offend someone saying you were overweight. But you and I know you were insulin resistant, if anything. And when you're, sure. and when you're insulin resistant, you're unhealthy. It really doesn't matter what you weigh. And the reason I know you were insulin resistant is when you started changing the amount of hours in the day you really released your insulin, you reduced your insulin the other days, the other hours, your weight dropped. So I know now you're probably insulin sensitive. So we have somehow, uh, I just, by the time we're airing this, it had been months, but I saw where whoever does the BMI chart is now changing even the BMI chart to, because people are getting fatter and fatter. And, and I know also, mm, it's terrible. No, it's terrible. It's, it's accommodating Wait. people because now we've tur turned somehow this discussion into fat shaming. We're not fat shaming. We're saying your life is being shortened by high insulin. And again, you weighing what you weighed, you were insulin resistant. That is what we should be chasing, not 
you know, the number on the scale is fun and you might even drop below that or you might pop up a little higher, but I bet your fasting insulin is good. Have you had that checked lately? I have not had it checked. That's a good barometer. I'm listening to, I listen to Why We Get Sick by Dr. Bickman. Like some people listen to their favorite Beyonce song. Like I turn it on in the car, listen again because his facts are so good. And him just saying, I was listening again to one of the chapters at the end. Um, we need to have our fasting insulin, you know, at five or six is optimal. Um, you need to start checking it because your glucose is just one cog in the wheel and that fasting insulin can give you a 10 to 20 year predictability on whether or not you get type two diabetes, maybe dementia, maybe cancer. So, you know, we need to start focusing on those things and that's how we know we're healthy. Tell me some things. So you, you eliminated as you were getting slimmer and back to your bikini body, you were also reducing your headache load. What else changed in your health? The headache load was huge for me because I was having them so often and for days at a time. And uh, in the last two years, I've had three and I know they were triggered by red wine. So that's huge. Wow. Um, But I knew I was insulin resistant because I started fasting and a ton of my skin tags went away. And another really interesting and unique thing that happened for me is I had always been really sensitive to the sun and the dermatologist had said that I was allergic to the sun. And what would happen if I went out in the sun is I would get this terrible rash and it would last for weeks. Really? Wow. Yeah. And that's gone. I haven't had any issues with that since I started fasting at all. And it wasn't the lupus butterfly shaped rash on the face or anything? Nope. It was on my hands and my feet usually. And it could go all the way up my arms if I didn't pay attention and prep for being in the sun. Isn't that interesting? So your insulin resistance even contributed to that because you're blonde and blue eyed, I think, right? You're light eyed or green eyed. Yeah. Yeah. So you are more sun sensitive, but no one, I don't think God created any of us to be allergic to the sun. No, no. I used to get teased by my family because they they could all tan really well and I'd walk out and be in the sun for hours and I'd come back in and they'd say, wow, you bleached a little more. Because I couldn't even tan. Oh, so so now I can actually tan and retain a tan, which is crazy to me yeah, yeah. and totally not what I experienced in my life prior to being 50. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so, have you hit 50 yet then? I actually just turned 51. So, okay. well, so 51 and a half, I guess. This will, you know, we know that this helps with hormone balancing too, as you get, you know, go through perimenopause which I would assume you're probably there. You know, some people do go through menopause earlier, but have you had any hot flashes or any of the things that people talk about? And maybe those things have lessened. I don't know if I actually am experiencing that because what I have experienced is so slight. So I will sometimes get up in the middle of the night and think, did I, did I have night sweats? Am I, uh-huh. You know, is that uh-huh. I'm not quite sure if I'm there. I don't know if the fasting has allowed me to have less severe symptoms than what people normally experience. But I would say that that's the only thing that I've experienced so far, um, though my sleep is great, at which was improved with fasting. So my wow. sleep in general is fabulous um, since I started fasting. So I would say that if I am perimenopause, that those things are so slight, I'm not even really recognizing them. Uh, which is 
great compared no, to what the horror stories I hear. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> I, I've heard it too, but I must have caught mine in time. I'm, you know, I'm a hundred years old, I'm sixty, but I know that I never had a hot flash. Yeah, I have. I don't believe I've ever had one, mm, or I if I did, it was so slight it just didn't yeah. register for yeah. me. Right. I mean, it, it maybe just you had too many blankets on. Um, okay. So you started in the middle of 2020. Uh, what was your first, you started Googling or did you get Jen Stevens book or Dr. Fung's book? Where, where'd you go? Cause we all need a resource. We all need a Bible, small B with us to help us look through and go, okay, I'm on the right track. Yeah, that is exactly what I did. I started Google Googling and somehow did connect the dots with Jen Stevens feast, fast, fast feast repeat book, yeah. not the delay. Don't deny. Yeah. And um, I actually ordered it that night, put it on my Kindle, but ordered a, an actual copy because yeah. I like to have both and started listening to it. And I was like, well, this is this is simple. Just rip off the Band-Aid and do it because it's not going to work anyway. <laughs> it did work. That is so funny. Um, and really, that that really was, like you said, my little bee Bible for it still is. Yeah. And I did read the obesity code. I had read it ironically when it first came out. Really? What interested you in that title? Because it's a tough book to get through because he's so sciencey. It is. It is. But it's so good. But oh, at the fabulous. time, I was not ready for it yeah, at all. It. And so I just did not. Again, I didn't connect the dots in the same way that I did when I Googled on July 18th, when I was Googling and connected all those dots with like, oh, fasting, Jen Stevens. I can do this. It's easy. Um, it's so simple. <laughs> well, I don't, it's, it's simpler if you don't have a 20 hour fast for you to have a 20 hour fast to start is very ambitious. Were you hungry? I actually thought, oh, I'll do 16 hours. And when it came to 16 hours, I thought I'm just going to drink some more water and see huh. if I can make it. And then I kind of got caught up in some stuff and then it ended up being 20 hours. And my husband, Adam had no idea what I was doing until about a month in. And then he was like, what, what is going on? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And what, I decided what to fast weird with religion me. have you signed up? For, <laughs> yeah. Because you know? yeah. exactly. I tried a lot of things yeah, to too. lose weight. And I wasn't like, again, I wasn't trying to lose weight. It just came with what I was doing. So I remember the most frustrating time for me and as an adult is because I'm the person you don't have to tell twice. Like you tell me, I got it. I do it. Like I'm. I'm so, it's part of my impulsivity disorder, I'm sure, because I just do it, pull the trigger and do it. So all those years when I would go to, I thought doctors had answers. Now I don't, they just look at what prescription write you. But I remember asking my doctor or a healthcare provider, what can I do to lose weight? He said, you know, I work out, I eat 1200 calories. And they said, well, just work out more and eat, you know, eat less. I remember doing that. And then I'd come back for a yearly checkup or whatever. And the scale would be the same or maybe it increased. And I, I, I kind of remember feeling judged because you feel like you're not trying, but I was trying and nothing worked. So I know that when I started fasting, I really didn't tell anybody yet. Cause I, I guess I was like you thinking, Oh, this is just silly. I'll just try it. I was, I'll just try it and see what happens. And I, I, what did you lose? Like in that first month, I was thinking back to that, and I don't recall that I lost a huge amount of weight, though I could probably check on my phone. I have, you know, I like data, so it's yeah. probably all in there. Um, I know that by November, so that, that was the middle of July, I know that by November I was 
absolutely hooked on the feeling of fasting and I was absolutely hooked on the fast fact that I was losing weight without really much effort. Yeah. And so it was not significant. I lost less than a half a pound a week. Is that right? Less than half a pound a week because I only lost 35 pounds in 12 months. So it was, you know, it was pretty slow, no, but I think I lost like 10 pounds within that first couple of months. How many people do you think are listening now, Beth, that a year ago tried something and they they gave up and they never lost weight? Or So in a year's time to lose, anyone listening to say you might lose 35 pounds, I've had clients, now they were morbidly obese, you know, Chef Jamie McAfee here in Arkansas lost 90 pounds in about three or four months because he was wow. so insulin resistant mm-hmm. that just reduced, and he's a chef too, so he's in a kitchen all day. And now he does these three-day fasts in a kitchen preparing delicious southern delicacies, not eating. I mean, it's very admirable. But the point is, that's why the great thing about fasting is you don't have to sign up under anybody. You don't have to meet in a meeting tomorrow. You don't have to weigh for anybody. You're listening right now. You can start now. Beth started the day she was Googling and you thought, all right, I'll do it. I mean, I was already going to fast anyway. I was going to bed, right? So just add some hours on the breakfast end of it. Yeah. It seemed really easy. Um, Marianne Lease, who is on my podcast, and she's been on Graham's podcaster too. I think you've done Graham's, right? The Fasting Highway? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He, I'm he, super passionate about this. So anybody that asks me or anybody that's excited uh, about good. I think you me sharing the story, no. I want to share it. So we should sorry all to interrupt. But no, yeah. <laughs> fasting evangelist, all of us. But Marianne Lee, she's an American living in Germany. And it's really such a fascinating story because she had finally gotten to the point where she was morbidly obese um, and was either house sitting or waiting on a package or something at somebody's house. It was delayed. By the time she got home, it was five or 6 p.m. And I, I, don't quote me on the exacts, but it, this is the ballpark story of it. And she said she got home and thought, I haven't eaten yet all day because she wasn't going to eat at yeah. the friend's house waiting for this package or whatever it was. And she did the same thing. She just Googled. She Googled what is fasting. <laughs> Didn't know anything about it. Didn't know the whole network that is intermittent fasting brethren mm-hmm. and sisters. And she didn't eat until the next day. And she started with alternate day fasting. Oh my gosh. I have listened to her podcast, but I'd forgotten that she'd started yep. with alternate day fasting. I just did a, a little foray into that recently again. So um, her story was something like maybe 110 pounds in a year. <laughs> Oh my word. That's amazing. But she needed to lose more. It's like my chef, Jamie McAfee. They had more to lose and she loved alternate day fasting. And Jen Stevens has said it. I've only done it a few times um, because they would say the great thing about it is you don't have to think about what you're going to eat on the days you're not eating. I know that's part of the simplicity of this as just knowing that you don't have to make all of these choices all of the time about what you're going to put into your body. How many calories is that? How big a portion mm-hmm. is that? Should mm-hmm. I really be eating that? Oh, mm-hmm. it's overwhelming. So it's really nice not to have to worry about that. Have you done ADF then? I have actually in November of 2020, I did my first little dipped my toe into the water and I did sort of a three up three down. And then I did like a reset day. Yeah. And I kind of, cause I thought I was on a plateau. Yes. Looking back, I was not on a plateau. I just, I just was a little slow at losing, and I didn't yeah. want to be that slow. But it kicked in 
my weight loss again. It did? A little bit. Yep. Just a little bit. Um, and then I've done it several times on and off since then. Just like if I have a cold, um, which I rarely get sick, but I get really plugged up here with allergies. Yeah. And so I will try and do ADF to see if I can kind of move those allergies through. That's which interesting because you were thinking of the science and autophagy. What it does is it upcycles and destroys sick cells. It actually, you know, you eliminate sick cells and your body's looking, you know, it's a, we say kind of a recycling method of the cells. Um, I could see how it would push you into um, building your immune system and fighting off whatever is ailing you. Yeah, I decided to do ADF when I got back from a trip and I was like, why is my head so clogged? Uh-huh. That was another time I decided to do it and it my head declogged pretty quickly. And I really, I attribute that to not eating for a full 36, 42 hours. When so. you would do, so you would do three up days, then three down days? Yeah, every other day. So usually Monday, Wednesday, Friday were my down days, okay. Tuesday, Thursday, I thought Sunday you meant consecutively. And I was trying to think, you know, that could work because there is science that says people who f- followed an overfeeding, and that's what that's called on an up day, down day approach is what we're talking about, um, that they saw an increase in their metabolism by 7% and in, in their leptin by 28%. And that was three consecutive days. So not that I'm advising that, but... I, that is not a crazy idea for someone to overfeed for three days then because the, the beauty of overfeeding, which is what an up day is, is it helps you then get into the days where you're either zero calories or you're limiting the amount of food that you ingest right. because you're full. And I, I always explain to my clients, it's like your gas tank is full and you know it clicks when it's full and gas will kind of shoot out it's if you overfeed you're kind of full so that your tank can go longer on your reserves and plus it dips into those taps into the fat stores right i love that analogy that's the perfect analogy for that although we don't pump our own gas here in oregon so i'm not very familiar with oh gas you don't at things. all so i know no. in new jersey they don't either really yeah we're the only two states we also don't have sales tax just <gasps> well, fun I'm, facts about oregon <clears throat> i'm moving there Sheesh. well you know this is where you should buy your handbags coming <laughs> well, here i no have a friend tax. who who might disagree with you but i'm all for <laughs> e-commerce and i'm all for people doing businesses with whomever they want to do business. So for sure. Yes, um, I do love her. She's amazing to watch. By yes, the way, they are amazing there. Yes. So it's mine's the luxury lady, I think the luxury lady, because she has several different um handles and I I have one of her bags right here right now. But I love that you women <laughs> y'all are the only two people I know. I do know there's a girl in Dallas who has it too. But you have actual storefronts and some people are just e commerce. So I'm yes. glad. I yeah. love I love hearing that. Um but and all this to say, um Pushing, you know, having too much gas, you said you can see that in the visual in your mind. And then if you have a lot of gas in your tank, then you can go days driving. Right. And now I have not done a three day fast. Um, I'm not sure I would be really thrilled about that. But I have done, I think, 48 hours was my longest fast. And I, one of the things that I struggle with when I'm doing a long fast is there's a point where I'm just like, so excited. I don't want to eat. So I have to remind myself, okay, I am going to stop at this point and I am going to make myself a really good meal and it's going to be window worthy and I'm going to enjoy every moment of it. So, 
Um, since your husband, it sounds like he's not clicking and beeping anymore, but does he do intermittent fasting with you? He did. He started with me on August 18th, actually exactly one month after I started. He claims he doesn't see any benefits. He did lose weight and he is much more mellow and he hasn't had back pain forever. So I'm like, "Mm, I don't think that you're being truthful. I think you've seen some positive. Isn't that something what inflammation does to us? Oh, it's. I can't believe the kinds of things that I no longer have because I don't have that inflammation anymore. I used to have a pain in my back, both at the top and toward the bottom. I've, yeah, crazy stuff that has gone away. Now, do you have children? We do. We have three grown children. They're 26, 24, and 22. So nobody's at home anymore to see that mom and dad don't eat, but for five minutes every day, and then they don't have junk in the cupboard anymore. That's what my kids say. They do know that. Yeah. Yeah. So they're always really surprised. My daughter's kind of into, we're actually reading together um, the book you just mentioned. The Why, um, we, get why we Get Sick. Oh. Reading that together. She's my little 24 year old and um, she gets migraines too. So she's interested in how she can stop this. Yeah. I keep saying fasting and she keeps saying, I don't know. I know. It seems so extreme to them. It's time to turn your attention to burgers. And in central Arkansas, there is one name. It's David's Burgers, of course, with 10 locations. Go on their social media. You'll see it's not just Lisa Fisher saying it. It's this person who said the service at David's Burgers is amazing every time I go. The workers are always friendly and helpful. I mean, truth there. Always the burgers are perfect, uh, are always fresh and perfectly seasoned. I ordered a chicken sandwich. Yeah, you can get chicken sandwiches at David's Burgers. Now, of course, the conglomerate is including Jess's chicken, but we talk about that separately here on the Lisa Fisher Said podcast because we are Team Bubba's. That's a Bubba's family who owns the uh, 10 locations and the Jess's chicken, and they've been doing burgers right for a very, very long time, generationally, second generation to do this. But the other thing I want to tell you about David's Burgers, those of you in central Arkansas people, You can buy steak there. You can buy chuck roast. You can buy ground beef. You can buy ribeye. Why haven't you been? So the great meats you know that are available, you can have in your own home. Check it out. Go to any of the locations today, davidsburgers.com. Hi, friends. I want to take a moment just to introduce you to something that I offer my listeners, my friends, my followers, and that is an online course where you can start fasting today. Yes, I do love me some intermittent fasting. I am a certified health coach and I began fasting in 2017. It totally changed my life. It changed the way not only that I look at food and nourishment nutrition, but I take less thyroid medicine. Some autoimmune diseases have been reversed. It's really the magic of fasting. But sometimes people just need a coach or a partner. But you know, it may be cost prohibitive to hire someone like me by the hour. We'll do my online course. My online course, lisafishersaid.com slash academy. Right now for an introductory price is $49.97. You can start fasting today. The first video in that series is free. So go ahead and check that out. But I want you to get healthy and you can do it affordably. And then I'll save you money in the long run because you buy less food. <laughs> It's a great thing. I love fasting. I bet you will too. LisaFisherSaid.com slash academy. It, it does sound extreme. It, 
It does. And I did think, I mean, when I was first presented to me, I just said, I mean, we all know you're supposed to eat five or six times a day. Oh my gosh. Nope, you're not. And that's the one thing that I've really eliminated too. So when I started, mine was 1230 to 630. um, And uh, I'd never really eaten fast food before, but there was a Wendy's by us. So I had a Wendy's at day at lunch several times during that because I could eat whatever I wanted. Um, And then I would have a snack and then I would eat again now. And Dr. Fung is saying, and Dr. Bickman is saying, stop snacking. Yeah. I have gotten to that point. Yes. Eat, (laughs) stop, eat. I have gotten to that point. Finally, we do more what you would consider a restaurant meal. If we do the four hours, we'll do an opener Mm -hmm. and then the dinner and then we'll do something at the end, berries or fruit or, well, berries are fruit. Yeah. Fruit and yogurt or something sure. like that, or the little little frozen bars that I like. But uh, yeah, the stopping eating is, is the key. <laughs> uh, have you seen, like, do you have relatives that you don't see often or um, somebody else you see once or twice a year? They go, where's, where's the rest of Beth? No, well, I don't think so. What has happened, though, is that I will show a picture of what I looked like in 2020 before I started and what I look like today. And people have said, I didn't even realize that you were that inflamed because my face is so inflamed in my before photos. So I have had that experience several times. Um, And then a few times when I very first started um, after about nine months, people kept coming up to me and saying, gosh, you are so vibrant. What is going on? What? Which was interesting. And I had probably six or seven people at this particular event say that to me. That was weird because I expected people to notice that I'd lost weight and it wasn't about the weight. They saw some sort of vibrancy that they hadn't seen before. So that was kind of cool. Well, let's talk about the energy you get because, okay, when you first started, I wasn't dragging those first couple of weeks, but I felt hungry. Like I remember Mm -hmm. being hungry and I was ready when my little alarm went off, my little app. I remember being really excited and ready, but I don't know when I switched over to in ketosis with autophagy and burning fat for fuel and feeling my best. I don't know how long that took for me. Do you know what, when it was for you? I remember being grumbly the first four days. Yeah. I mean, grumbly. period. Yeah. Then I would say probably closer to six weeks when I realized I am, this is okay. I'm good with it. Mm-hmm. Just an eating window. It was, it was probably mid, probably end of August, beginning yeah, of yeah. September where I started feeling that way. And then by November, I was like, this is, this is easy. This is, I keep saying easy. It's not, it's simple. It's simple. It, That's true. Because I, I don't want to use the word easy because there are all these hurdles that you have to get over as far as diet brain goes. Oh, yeah. It's mental. Oh, mindset. It still it's mindset. Happens. Yeah. So that was hard for me to work through. Was your other mindset, because I remember a friend of mine saying, Lisa Fisher, you are not, are you, how long are you, you're going to do this? Like, is this a phase? And I went, no, I was like three weeks in. I went, I think I'm going to do it forever. She goes, Lisa Fisher, you are not going to do this forever. <laughs> well, here we are six years later and I am doing it forever because didn't you kind of think at first I'll do this just to lose the weight, then go back. 
I didn't because I was doing it for the migraines. So oh, that's, I right. Thought, that's right. If yeah. I have to do this for the rest of my life, this is way easier than taking a drug every single day, which is what that was the next point I was wow. going to be at was taking a drug every day, which I was okay with as long as I had not tried everything else. And so I had to try this because, um, you know, it wasn't going to work, but I had to try it because it was so important to me to find out that whether or not I was going to have to take that drug. And I, I don't have to take that drug and I'm just beyond happy about that. Have so. you been to your neurologist or your primary care physician who prescribed um, your migraine medicines? I do have to say he was fantastic because when I first went to him, he did say, let's try all of these other things. I'm going to go ahead and fill your migraine medication, but go to acupuncture, go to massage, go to physical therapy. He set me out with physical therapy. So he did a really good job of not just drugs. And I went back to him and I said, this is what I'm doing. I'm fasting, fasting. And he said, if that is working, you keep doing it. It's if it's working, you keep doing it. I haven't had to fill your migraine medication. I'm thrilled. So he was thrilled for me. He didn't ask any questions about it, though. So, huh? Is he a neurologist or family or uh, internist? He was. He's actually just a primary care. Primary care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know those those guys and gals are extremely busy with a million drug reps in their face, telling them what they can write next. So their brains may not be you know, zoned in on the fact that there are things that don't involve a prescription pad. Right. And not to say that they are against it, but they just, that is not how they're trained in Western medical schools. We know that. I mean, anyone that graduates from a Western medical school say, well, we're told, oh, this is what hurt. This is the ill. This is is the pill. So you've just kind of, but it would really, Doctors, if you're listening, I can help you. It would really simplify your practice if you gave them Dr. Fung's book or Why We Get Sick and let people, because it's all about ownership, right? Absolutely. No one can lose the weight for anybody else. No one can make someone else stop drinking. Same thing. Exactly the same. It's about owning it, me deciding this is what I'm going to do. And we just can't keep our mouth shut because we want to tell everybody. But it would simplify their practice because you know what? They would have, well, maybe that's it. The more people fast, the fewer patients you have. Oh, you don't win the trip to Cabo as much. Okay, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, we figured it out. So I do think that if more people did this, it would be so much less um, implication on the medical community. For sure. Because there are other things that have happened for us besides just losing weight. It's, I mean, my list is so long. It's reversing the medical conditions. My chef, Jamie McAfee, now I think he's off all of his medicine. I think everything. Because when you're morbidly obese, like he was, there was metformin. There were, you know, so something for sugar, something for the inflammation, something. Because then he had shoulder pain and then he had knee pain and then he, you know, and it was pill after pill after pill after pill. Right. And just by reducing the amount of hours in the day that he eats, I don't I don't even think he would have had a need to see any medical providers yearly like he was, you know. And because when you lose the weight, then the knee pain lessens too, because we know the what it does to your joints. And right. then he, he just goes to an acupuncturist. So and plus your inflammation has come down so much. So it's just not, it's not just that hard um, joint issue. It's definitely inflammation reduction. 
which I didn't even know that I was so inflamed when I looked at my old photos. I realized I was. I mean, it was shocking. Yeah, your um, before and after photo is your Instagram profile pic, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's very telling. And I'll put that in the show notes so people can follow. Do you have an open Instagram page or do you have to accept that? That one is. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I started that one because I was talking about fasting all the time because I'm a fast evangelist, fasting evangelist. And my husband was like, you've got to stop talking about it. And so I started that Instagram page because I kept talking about it. Um, even though in the very beginning, I didn't tell anybody what I was doing. I yep. was, I didn't tell anybody. As a matter of fact, I can remember my husband sitting at the dinner table with my parents and Adam said, oh, she's fasting. And I was like, oh, I told my parents. Oh my gosh. And uh, so that's, that. I was out at um, you were but it was, it was a good thing. And my parents were, they're super awesome and very supportive. And so um, they asked me a little bit about it and they were like, oh, that, that sounds reasonable. That Which sounds reasonable. <laughs> that is good. That is a glowing recommendation from a mom or dad. I was surprised. Had you tried diets in the past? Oh gosh, everything. I don't know what I can say on here, but Yes, I, I know, all of it. Tried everything. I even tried Nutrisystem, which I don't know if you know this, but they take a little piece of cardboard and they paint it, and that's what they use as food. <laughs> I've had it. I know. It's bad. Yeah. So that that didn't even work. So the last thing that I tried before fasting was um, Weight Watchers. Yeah. And ugh, keeping track of food is just exhausting. I don't enjoy that at all. Well, I don't miss it. Plus, having someone else tell you when to stop eating and when to start, you know, you, you stop eating after you have this many points. Well, who's to say my body may not need that or my body might need more. Right. It's all about listening to your body. Which we've come so far away from. So it has been really interesting to re recognize that over the last two years that I've been doing this. It's a rare, it's really a rare thing for us to listen to our bodies and what, we really need versus what we think we need or what we're being told we need. Mm -hmm. Did you do the HCG diet? That is one I didn't do. I did it. And it was magical for the 21 days I was on. It was magical. because I have, I have heard that it was pretty amazing. But, it does work for a short period of time, right? That's right. As I now understand with Dr. Fung, my leptin circuit wasn't, healed my cholecystokinin, my peptide yy the things that tell you you're satisfied that it, it only worked because the hcg human corona blah, 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 whatever the word is it's the <laughs> hormone produced when during pregnancy that allows mom might skip meals but the baby will still get fed kind of philosophy um but it doesn't cure so this is really dr fung says it best when he says Obesity is not a caloric problem. It's a hormonal problem. Mm -hmm. And it's about those, it's about your sex hormones are involved, but the main hormones are insulin and the satiety hormones. And if you don't cure them, then you're hungry all the time. Isn't it great that we're never hungry until it's really time to eat? That is, it's really shocking to be honest, because after all of the diet mentality and the diet world that I've been in since, you know, I gave really since I gave birth to my last child 22 plus years ago, uh, it's shocking to be able to actually figure that out. Oh, my gosh, I am hungry. Mm -hmm. And now I'm not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, those things went away and now they're back. And I'm so grateful that they are. 
Uh, don't you remember the old Beth that um, you would have to you would get up thinking about what you were going to eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and how many calories or points or whatever, and how I did. exhausting that was. I'm so grateful that I don't think about that anymore. Although my last, this is, I'm going to admit something to you that I haven't admitted to anybody else. Um, My last experience with alternate day fasting, I really was doing alternate day fasting. So every day I would, every other day, excuse me, I would eat. And then the next day I would fast for the full day. I had been doing it for about since November 21st. And I got to a point where every day I was waking up thinking, what am I going to eat? And I realized, oh "Oh my gosh, I need to go back to Mm -hmm. eating in a window of time Mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I changed that back to OMAD, what I call OMAD, which is eating in a window of small window of time, which is, you know, your meal a day. Yeah. One long meal a day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, My attitude completely changed. I feel so much better. So it's like I just extended that alternate day fasting a little too long and that diet mentality started to come back. And what's cool about this is that I, I was able to recognize it. I'd been in the diet mentality for so long yeah. that I don't think that had this happened in a different time frame with a different diet, I don't think I would have ever recognized that. So it was really nice to be able to recognize, oh, I've been doing alternate day fasting too long for myself because it is all about your journey. And you just, right, you just reiterated what we just said. You were listening to your body. Yes. And in diet mentality, you don't because you listen to your instructor or the person you're paying the money to or the weight trainer at the gym. And they said, I have to eat. They said, I can't eat. And instead, you're listening to Beth. And Beth said, the jig is up. Go back to eating in a daily eating window. And the cool thing about that, the really cool thing is there's no guilt. There's no no guilt attached Mm -hmm. to that. It's such a, it's such a simple process and you do have to listen or it's not going to work. Do you get on the scale every day? <laughs> I do. I like the data of it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I used to, um, I don't know how you are about weighing, but it used to destroy my day mm-hmm. if I was up mm-hmm. and now it's just data. Mm-hmm. So that has changed significantly with happy scale, the happy mm-hmm. scale app and mm-hmm. weighing myself daily and just knowing I'm going to be in this tiny little window. Mm -hmm. And if I'm up a little, it'll come off. And if I'm down a little, great. (laughs) No, I I think I I don't weigh often. Um, I'm sometimes I sometimes weigh before I start a new zoom course because I do mine monthly for people do group fasting. I sometimes weigh just to make sure I'm still telling the truth when I say I'm 5'8 and 150, but I noticed the other day I was 5'8 and 149, so I'm not going to get back on the scale because I'm in the 140s. <laughs> I feel I feel that so much. I totally understand that. Yeah. Isn't it crazy how the scale, we bow to the scale as our Lord? When did that happen? I remember in college, I never had a scale. I didn't have a scale for years. Maybe nope. that was my problem. But then once you get a scale, then you start going, oh, I got, did I pee and poop enough? Because I'm about to hop on that sucker. Exactly. It's so silly. It is. It's ridiculous. But I do, I do love that you have community. I was going to, you had mentioned that you have a group that, that you do, which um, I cannot stress enough how important community was for me finding things like your podcast. Oh, thank you um, so much. And just being 
uh, with people who are doing very similar things yeah. and recognizing that it is just, it's your journey. It is specific to you. And just because Lisa Fisher does something, even though her podcast is called Lisa Fisher Said, right. um, <laughs> that particular protocol might not work for you. That's right. But another one will. You just have to figure it out. That's right. So. Yeah, when I first started, so I started in 2017. My son told me about it on a Friday, and he said on Mondays, this podcast drops, the Intermittent Fasting Podcast with, it was Jen Stevens and Melanie Avalon at the time. So Monday morning, and now I was getting up at 345 because I was on the radio then, but Monday morning, I guess my phone must have buzzed me or something. I knew that was the day that I could get more information because that was my only community then. Mm -hmm. because I hadn't, like you, I hadn't told anybody. I mentioned it on the radio about a month in. And, you know, I, t I, I tell it all, right? You know, no secrets with me. So I, I think I just said I've started this intermittent fasting. I, I really didn't know much about it to have any authority. But I remember we almost, you know, we quit playing the Whitney Houston rock and roll or whatever she said, <laughs> you know, the music, because people are so interested going, Calling the radio station, going, tell me more. <laughs> tell oh, me more. wow. Yeah. That's cool. And I remember, I think that was at the time my boss was like, we're playing music here and everyone's calling in wanting to know about fasting. Because <laughs> it wasn't a talk show per se. We played music and we talked. We played music and we talked. And uh, people still tell me, I remember when you started it in 2017. That's when I started. Because we kind of, I didn't, that was it. I didn't have much community. And then I started, I got Jen's book probably a couple of weeks in. Dr. Fung's book, I got. Again, I got it first at the library. He has like chemical equations and, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. Heavy. So then I have it all, all of his stuff on Audible now because I listen. And then if he gets a little sciencey, you know, you can go up about 30 seconds and go up about, you know. <laughs> yeah. Because it it's is. It's, yeah, it is. Talk faster. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. He's sciencey, but it was, it was good information. And then, you know, and Jen even says that's about when kind of the lid came off and things really opened mm -hmm. up about fasting because there was momentum in on social media, but then traditional media started picking it up. Right. That's, and that helped. That's a very cool story. I, I laugh about this a lot because I have a girlfriend who in 2003, we would have to call each other and tattle. Sorry about my Dell updates there. Okay. Um, I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> um, my girlfriend and I would have to call each other on the phone to tattle if we had eaten after 6 p.m. at night. So really, isn't that yes. funny that you had a, t I never thought of a time cutoff. Mine was always calories. Well, it was, it was one of those things where we were sitting around talking and I just said, Amber, I swear I just keep gaining weight if I eat after six or seven o'clock at night. And she said, oh. me too. It was just a kind of a ridiculous thing at the time where we were like, okay, if we eat after six, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and tattle. And I did not want to have to tattle and she didn't either. So we just, if we didn't make it home before six, we just didn't eat. Really? So we were fasting without knowing that's what we were doing because I would get up, get my kids off to school and then um, maybe come back and make something for lunch. So I was going from six in the evening till noon without realizing what it was. I had no idea that was fasting. You could, have been, you could have been Jen Stevens. It would have been Beth Nundy said. <laughs> yeah, I could have been the forerunner, but I, but yeah, no dice on that. So. How long did you do that? Oh gosh, I, we, we probably did it for a good six or seven months. And then we did it again in 2013, 2014. So sometime in there. So 
Okay, in 2013, I think is when Michael Mosley on the BBC started talking about um, time-restricted eating, the 5-2 diet, and some other things. Had you heard, see, I I didn't hear any of that, or I don't remember no, any of that chatter. I, no, because I had little kids, and yeah, honestly, me, it was right. about, like, I swear, I get on the scale the next morning, and I weigh seven pounds more. Yeah. And I was blaming it on eating late at night, which is probably somewhat true. But at the time, it was all about making sure I wasn't eating after 6 p.m. Now, now we might not start till six, but. Right, right. So as Dr. Fung says, now there is some new thoughts in that. And that is Dr. Fung is saying, and Dr. Bickman, now they're saying to eat circadian rhythms to eat before the sun goes down. Mm-hmm. But that's very challenging. The further north you are, like you are, you're further north than Little Rock, Arkansas. It gets dark, what, at 5 for you, 5.15 this time of year? Sometimes, well, I think today might be the longest day of the year. And it might oh, it, be it getting is, darker yeah. even yeah, this, sooner. This, yeah, this is December 21st. So, right. so, so that probably means, around 4.45. Okay, that's what I'm saying. That's very difficult if you have an 8 to 5 job. Yeah. So... <laughs> that that so I, I always tell my clients if if they're November December January February clients I go just do what you can. My March clients March through you know October, you know we we have longer hours of sunlight so it works better. But then the other thing we know too we used to say don't eat before bedtime because you can't burn off your calories. And now we know that wasn't true. It was all about your insulin was spiked and then. I think you have more propensity for insulin resistance if you eat later at night, not because of calories, but just because of what your insulin's doing and circadian rhythm. Yes, I think that that's probably very true. It makes more sense to me than calories, that's for sure. Right. Although I do still know the calories of so many foods. You do. My <laughs> heart. So, yeah. That's okay, been interesting. You, yeah, you must be a math person then, since I'm not a math person. Oh, no. Oh, really? No. See, I, I don't know any of the... I. It just I tried, it's stuck like, in my head. For a day, though, and I remember I wrote down six cheeses. That's all you could have. Well, now I don't oh, even God. eat any because it's processed foods. I don't want it. But yeah, I was, which is great. Right, I was eating processed point. foods. In fact, in Doctor Doctor Bickman's book again today, when I was hearing that chapter, that if you put people <clears throat> on a diet, um, uh, let's say if we're looking at calories, odd, you know, just round numbers, two thousand calorie diet. If the 2000 calorie diet, they were eating whole foods, meaning from nature, as little processing as possible, you know, a baked potato, a steak, broccoli, fruit, and yogurt, as opposed to the person who's eating uh, highly processed meals of Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, whatever, (laughs) that they eat more. It was 500 calories more a day. Um, in order, they, they were, yeah, yeah, they were getting fatter. That group was getting fatter, trying to eat the same amount because satiety signals, remember, that's the cholecystokinin and the leaven that tells you you're full. It doesn't work as well with highly processed foods. So calories were being blamed, but it was really the root cause of all this is the processed foods. Yeah, and I think that the calorie thing, it seems so random. How do you assess what calories really are and how that really works? That's why they say it's not an exact science. I mean, we know that. We know that now. Yeah, I wish I'd known this 
20 some odd years ago, but. Right. And I've even interviewed um, Dr. Anthony Chafee, who's the plant-free MD. He's a carnivore physician, actually a neurosurgeon uh, resident in Australia. He says the amount of calories he eats in a day is insane because he's Mm -hmm. carnivore. And, you know, he said it's a lot more than what other people eat. And he's ripped. I mean, he's an athlete, he's former rugby player, but it just shows that if, listen, if you're listening to this podcast, stop counting calories. (laughs) And I'm sorry that Beth's brain remembers what count, what is the caloric count of each item? Not each item, just specific ones for some weird reason. So what were they? Just go ahead and tell me because other people can relate to that. I just can't. Oh, I know that eggs are 70 calories. One (laughs) egg is 70 calories. I don't know why that sticks in my head, but it does. And I know that three ounces of meat is probably (laughs) like 250 calories-ish. So depends on what you're eating, but those things just kind of stuck in my head. Uh, Were you a fat gram counter during that era? I don't know. Mm -mm. Because I I don't remember not counting them, but I remember... My goal was to go to the grocery store and get all fat-free food. So we had pasta, um, popcorn, fat-free cookies. Yum. So uh, they were horrible. <laughs> so I'm, no protein in anything I've mentioned. No, I think because I was raising kids at that time, I was just like, whatever is going to work. And so I wasn't even looking at that kind of stuff. I was focused on the calories, which now people say, well, all you're doing is reducing your calorie intake. But that's not true because I did go back oh, you, and I calculated. Yeah. Because I wondered, oh, well, because I was keeping track of calories prior to, and I knew that I was about under 1200 calories a day, which is so minimal. Um, and I went back and tracked and I'm somewhere between 1700 and 2300 calories a day easily on an OMAD yeah. protocol. So yeah, I'm not eating fewer calories, y'all. Yeah. Not. No, no. I mean, you're not. Um, and we've got to wrap things up. So you've got some handbags to sell. There's a Louis Vuitton that has somebody's name on it and you've got to sell it. Um, absolutely. If, if we have someone, several. Right. If someone were listening right now and this is the day they're going to do it because IF Beth said, what's your advice you give people? How do you tell them to get started? Well, I like to say rip the Band-Aid off, but I know that's not everybody's exciting thing to do. So not everybody's excited to do that. So my best advice is to try it and just keep going. Don't quit because there is a way that fasting will work for you. And if you keep track of what's happening to your body, you will recognize that it is working for you and it's working well. You may not be losing weight. But you can figure it out by doing this as a journey of one. This is far better than any other diet or any other exercise plan or combination thereof out there. And it's simple and free. And when you lose your weight, you'll go to your, is it Capital Pawn? Yes. You'll go to Capital Pawn and you'll reward yourself, not with a Snickers, but with a new Fendi bag. Absolutely. If you want our website, it's actually Capon. It's C-A-P-P-A-W-N. Okay. I'm putting that on there. That's all in show notes. Beth, you're a doll. Thank you for encouraging people. Thank you for telling your story. You are a great representative of our religion, of our fasting religion. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I have truly enjoyed this, and I appreciate being able to tell my story. 
Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes and leave a review, won't you? The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by ClantonCreative.com.